Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to Pause This Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Manny Garcia. Manny Garcia is a host of the Unslackable podcast and the author of The Unslackable Planner. He has 20 plus years of leadership experience in sales and marketing within Fortune 200 companies. Is responsible for $1 billion in sales throughout the USA and Asia. Thought leader speaker and he is also an educator that runs corporate workshops, conferences and private events. He's also a peak performance strategist in sales, leadership, negotiations, and organizational turnaround. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Parsivity, 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 but Manny, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Sir. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, you're most welcome. And um, yeah, I just kind of thought I'd introduce you and talk about you know a bit of what you do. You're like you know the host of the you know Unslackable series, and you've got like um, you know a planner with that as well, and you're you know a podcast host, and you you help you know Fortune 200 companies um, in business. And, you know, public speaking, conferences and events, like, you know, how did you kind of got into all this and, you know, like your story as well? Yeah, no problem. Um, So right now for me, everything that I'm doing is geared around contribution. Um, And and the reason for that is, and we'll get get to that in a second, you know, the day, many years ago, I went through my series of struggles, right? Um, You know, emotional struggles, financial struggles, all those type of things. And I was blessed to have some really great people that just showed up in my life and, and gave me some direction and that I was able to to learn from so that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel and all of that. So, um, you know, today I'm here with everything that I'm doing with the Unslackable series, the Unslackable Planner and some of the other books that we got going on with the Unslackable podcast is just basically um, using the expertise and the knowledge of other people through a mastermind concept, right? And, and just trying to contribute as much as we can to the to the listeners, to the readers, giving them some tools to hopefully take their life to the next level. Cause it's not easy, right? Especially if you're somebody that's struggling in your life and you have major adversity, you have major struggles. And right now I'm sure that there's millions of people across the world that have been impacted by this pandemic of COVID-19. And if you don't have a good solid support system, it's really tough to kind of get out of that hole and, and really take your life to the next level. So if I were to rewind and kind of share my story a little bit, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a very weird environment. Um, my parents got divorced when I was really young and um, my dad took the opportunity to kidnap me basically um, when one of my sisters had an accident where she lost an arm. 
And, you know, my mom had full custody of all of us. My dad was struggling with some things. And anyway, I ended up with him. And I didn't understand the whole, you know, how am I kidnapped, right? I'm with my dad. Like, I didn't understand any of that until I saw myself on a milk carton when I was nine and a half years old in a um, private school in, in New York City called St. Gabriel's Catholic School. And so back in the day, I don't know if they still do it today, but back in the day, if you were kidnapped, if you were a missing person, they would put your, your name and your information on, on the side of a milk carton, right? So I'm, I'm sitting there having lunch with one of my buddies. And, you know, I'm looking at this little girl that's on my milk carton eating my lunch at school. And he taps in my shoulders like, oh, look, Manny, this this kid kind of looks like you, right? So I was nine and a half at that time. The picture on the carton, when, that's when I was over, around five years old. So um, I look at the milk carton and said, you know, Manuel Garcia uh, Jr. missing and all this stuff. And I'm like, what, what, why, what? I don't understand. Like, how am I missing? Like, I'm with my dad, whatever. And I kind of chuckled and I said, oh, yeah, it kind of looks like me. Ha, ha, ha. Right. But I was nervous. I didn't, I didn't know what to think of it. Right. I, think, I thought I did something bad. Like, I thought I was in trouble. I didn't understand it. So we were done with lunch and he threw away all his stuff in the garbage. I went in right after him. I picked up the little milk carton, folded it, put it in my pocket. And that evening I showed it to my dad when he came home from work and his eyes got that big. And then the very next day we were in a car from New York over to, to Miami, left everything behind in the apartment. And that's how we lived. You know, I lived jumping around all over the place. We went from Orlando to Miami, to New York, back to Orlando, then back to Miami. So he was always just basically running away from the authorities, right? And I didn't really understand much of it at that point in time until I got older. And then when I was 11 years old, he was in a fatal motorcycle accident uh, where he passed away. And then I got reunited with my mother back in Puerto Rico. And, and then there was a whole nother set of adversity and challenges that I had to deal with there, right? Had to um, live in a home with a mother that didn't know how to parent me. And, um, you know, anyway, there's there all kinds of other stuff that, that goes on there, right? And, um, I had to leave my mom's place after a few years and I went to live with my aunt and I literally slept on the floor on a, on a skinny mattress, you know, in the same bed, we shared a bedroom with my cousin and I finished high school, you know, in that environment. And um, right along the way, I was, I was kind of like an angry kid. You know, my dad was a, a brilliant musician, um, but unfortunately he never really was able to fulfill his his musical dreams. So then he tried to live his musical dreams and build his little musical empire through us, through the kids, which led to the divorce of my mom and my dad because he was trying to do the same thing with my older two sisters. And then, so growing up around my dad was really tough, right? Like there was a lot of beatings, a lot of verbal abuse. I never felt good enough. I always felt like I was a failure, you know? For him, it was just about mastering music. He wanted me to be the next Beethoven or Mozart, something like that. And, um, you know, I understand that he meant, meant well, right? Like as an adult now, me going back and reflecting um, and understanding where he came from, he came from Spain and, you know, music back in those days was everything to him and his family. They're all, uh, you know, big old family of musicians. And then he became a, um, a prestigious representative of Spain through the Spanish military. So he, because of how brilliant he was, he got invited to, basically represent Spain on a, a ship called Juan Sebastián del Cano, which was a naval training ship. So that's how he ended up in the United States. And then he never got back on the boat at one particular uh, trip that they did into New York City. And then, you know, kind of life just takes takes a whole nother thing, right? So then growing up was really difficult. And, and a lot of the, the, the feelings that I had on an emotional standpoint growing up haunted me even as a young adult, right? Like you still, you bring all that baggage with you into relationships. You bring that baggage in, with you into potential career opportunities, that whole notion of, you know, me growing up, like I was never good enough. I was never, you know, able to master these lessons at a level that he was happy with. Right. So then you have to learn how to heal and how to cope with that. And a lot of that healing and coping came from brilliant people that were teachers at that time in, in environments where there was very little resources, right. That had a little bit more wisdom and age, you know, in their favor um, that kind of knew the family history. So, um, you know, you kind of live and you grow and you learn and, and then you have, you know, good people, hopefully along the way that give you some insights or plant some emotional seeds within your mindset that later on, you know, start to flourish with, with a little bit of work, with a little bit of self-development. I mean, I know that you're a life coach and I know that you probably understand a lot of those things, right? So, but for many years I had to self-parent, right? Because go, again, going back to Puerto Rico with my mom, you know, my mom dealt with a lot, right? She, lost, she, she dealt with the loss of her son who was kidnapped when I was five. I didn't see her again until I was 11 having to deal with the traumatic tragedy um, of her daughter losing an arm, right? So she was she was a head case in her own space, right? So <laughs> um, 
it was tough. It was tough, you know, and, and unfortunately you, you grow up and then you see people that are able to learn from adversity and are able to tap into some of the painful experiences that they've had and they turn things around and you have other people that just live there forever. Right. So that leads up to kind of this year, 2020, the pandemic hitting. I had no idea I was going to um, author the unslackable planner. Um, but I started to see a lot of fear in, in people that I lead and people that I manage um, and a lot of people that, and, and a lot of the people that I lead and that I manage are high performing individuals. They're some of the best uh, in class people in the line of work that, that we, that, that I currently do work in, right. Which is hospitality with vacation ownership resorts. Um, and these people are amazing. I mean, they're, they're usually on point. They come in, they show up, their mindset is right. They're, you know, they're the best of the best. And you started to see and hear a little bit of that stinking thinking, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what, what does this mean to me? How's this going to impact my family? What's that going to happen to, to my career? What's going to happen to my finances? You know, um, are we going to go broke? Are we ever going to be able to do this again? Because obviously in hospitality, we deal with people traveling, right? Um, and then I started to notice that along with their stinking thinking, some of the performance was also starting to, to dwindle. So then I got hit with COVID early June. And I'm one of these guys that I'm a, you know, uh, extreme kind of person, right? Like I love to scuba dive a shark and skydive and I expose myself to a lot of extreme things. And, and there's very little that, that obviously I'm afraid of in this planet, right? But then I got hit with COVID and I became fearful for, for just enough time for me to realize that I needed to switch it up. And I remember, you know, I was sitting down with, with my family early morning breakfast. I had taken the test a few days prior to that. We, we, they gave us an app and then you get notified via the app. So I'm eating breakfast, my whole family, my daughter's visiting from LA. They're all sitting in the living room and my, you know, the ping, the, the little app pings and I look at it and it says, you know, I tested positive for COVID, right? And I immediately got that same stinking thinking. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got COVID, what the heck? And all you hear, right? And all you see on the news is just chaos and devastation and death. And there's nothing positive about COVID, right? Especially early June of 2020. And uh, I remember thinking, did I infect anybody in my family? Is somebody gonna, is some, am I gonna, is somebody gonna die because of me, right? So I freaked out and then I remember giving them kind of the news and the second, as I was delivering the news, I realized that my tone, right? My facial expressions, my body language was such that it was kind of like doomsday. And as I'm explaining to them what's going on, I can see the look of panic and fear in my family's face. And then um, like immediately I said, all right, guys, hold on a second. I said, you know what? We're going to be fine. We need to come up with a game plan. Here's what we're going to do. We, you know, and, and I said, we're going to do some research. We, you know, I had done some research before with COVID and understanding that, um, that it, it causes uh, inflammation, right? In, in your bronchioles and things of that nature. So early on, you know, I did some reading about foods that you can eat that are anti-inflammatory and all that. Right. So I kind of had like a notion, but so I saw the panic in the eyes of my family. I said, okay, here's what we're going to start eating and drinking anti-inflammatory foods. We're going to cut out meat. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. But, 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 but we're going to disinfect the whole house. I'm going to quarantine on one side. You guys are going to quarantine on another. Everything's going to be cool. Everything's going to be fine. So, you know, once we had kind of like a game plan and everybody started taking action upon, you know, one of the things that we had come up with, then, you know, everything was more optimistic. Everything was more proactive. You know, we weren't reactive, you know, of course, you know, some people still dealt with fear. And then over the course of the next couple of days, then I started to get some body aches and pains. I'm like, oh boy, here it is. <laughs> this is it. This is how it's going to end for me, right? You say, you go back and forth between this mindset. And then I'm like, okay, Manny, come on, stop. You know, just keep doing what you know you got to do. Keep eating the anti-inflammatory foods, do breathing exercises, whatever, you know, um, get, get some heating pads. You got this, man. You know, so anyway, we, we, we got through it. And, and right when I, when I got through that, I said, you know what, um, what, what helped us immediately shift, you used the word earlier, which I loved um, when we spoke yesterday about pivoting, right? Um, and, and we saw the shift. We went from a place of fear to, okay, we need to pivot. We need to figure out what we're going to do to get out of the situation. And then we all came together and we did what we were supposed to do and we pivoted and here I am today, right? And we're fine. And then I said, you know what? So because of that, I need to, I need to put together some tools and some resources for people that really are seeking maybe some, some answers, right? Um, and what I did is I took 20 plus years of me working with people and teams and I put it into this, this journal. It's, it's, it's a journal, it's a workbook and it's a, and it's a plan, it's a three in one, right? So it starts off with an explanation of what the success formula is. And there's five steps that if you just follow those five steps every single time, no matter what phase you are in your life, it will help you get to the next level, right? This is just 
things that I've learned from from many many other amazing people that I've gone to workbooks uh, workshops and seminars and uh, and a lot of books that I read and things of that nature, I just consolidated and kind of put it into my own words in a way that was simple for me to follow, right? So it starts off there and then it gives you some really cool resources and tools in terms of like mind mapping, vision boards to help you get what you have in your head in an environment where you can see it on a daily basis. And me and my whole family, we have this ritual that we go through every year and we all do our vision boards, even the little one, even this eight, well, he's eight now, but you know, and then we, we see those things as much as we can remind ourselves as much as we can of what our passion, what fulfillment is for us, what's our purpose, right? Um, and then it goes into then the, the, the bulk of the work, which is in the planning pages, and there's daily and evening reviews, and there's all kinds of great weekly reviews to kind of make sure that you're doing a checkup from the neck up and doing what you have to do there, right? So all of that came, all of that came because of, again, some of the incredible people that I've dealt with in the past, and you know, tools and resources that I was given, you know, I mean, I, I was financially at a place at one point in time where I wasn't even able to lease a pager. So back in the day before, or right when cell phones started coming out, there was these little devices called pagers. I don't know if you guys remember those in, in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if somebody needed to get a hold of you, they would page you a message or a telephone number, you would call back and then you would talk to them or whatever. And that was right when I, when my daughter was born, I was 20. So she was one and I wanted to be accessible. And I remember going to this electronic store and, and, I got denied the ability to rent a pager for six bucks a month. Right. That's, <laughs> that's how bad life was. I mean, financial, I was a mess. Right. And I was just like, how, how can I be a dad when I'm not even good in for six bucks a month? Right. So you just go through life and mm. uh, you learn along the way. And, <clears throat> and then things, you know, opportunities started showing up when I started self-developing, when I started developing myself and pouring myself into books and um, you know, learning what high performance mindset is all about and all of those things then it's it's interesting how things just start happening right people show up in your life that have incredible resources or that have answers that you're that you're seeking for in your own life um you have opportunities you have career you know opportunities investment opportunities start showing up when you have the right mindset to understand it to comprehend it and to internalize it things just start showing up so um and then i eventually got into sales and that that led to my professional leadership career. Again, we talked about how I do a lot of work with Fortune 200 and bigger companies. Lately, though, I've been helping out smaller organizations, independent business owners and things like that, that, you know, are seeking some, some, some answers to help them get their, their, uh, you know, their businesses to the next level. Um, but I, but I get, I get, I get excited working with big teams, you know, big teams, lots of people being able to make a bigger impact. Um, but now I'm shifting a little bit and trying to help the smaller independent you know, owners and things of that nature. And that's where the unslackable plant other tools that are coming up, you know, really, really uh, take a, take a big toll and, and actually on, on a positive perspective for people. So. Wow. No, that's amazing. I, it's incredible. Like you said, that, that journey that, you know, you've, you've been on in, in your life and, you know, you said that, you know, your, your got your dad kidnapped you, your mom had things going on. And it's this, you know, back and forth between, you know, all these different, places and like you said you didn't you know you didn't know how how old you I mean you didn't really understand what was going on and then you know you see yourself on a milk carton and then you know you kind of realize and then it's just constantly this zigzagging and i you know i really commend you for, you know for what you're doing right now and you know how you're how you've been able to use your experiences in your life to you know like turn it around and use it to help other people in their lives and what they're doing and i think like when you go through certain times in life it does build up like a, you know like a deep resilience and strength and you know inside of you and uh the planet you know the planet sounds amazing and i think it's great how you know how you say pivoted in that time to pull you know all your learning and your experience into something where people can you know draw from and, and use that to you know help themselves so i think it, it, you know, I think it's key to have a plan, isn't it? Or some kind of planner where we, it can give us this kind of self kind of reflection on where you're at. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, the way that I designed the planner is, is I designed it as a six, it's a 60 day peak performance workbook. Right. <clears throat> and within the workbook, there's, there's planning uh, processes, there's daily, weekly and monthly planning processes there. And, and my goal was to wean people off of that, right? So to get them through the planner, go through the 60 days, get the habits of thinking, of planning, of taking action, of pivoting, right? So as you're taking action along the way, things aren't going to really work out 100% to 
to your plan, there's going to be issues, there's going to be pitfalls, there's going to be failures along the way, right? And it's being able to then measure and all that. Um, and so my goal is to be able to have somebody use the planner for 60 days. And it, it basically just walks people right through and it asks every single day, incredible, powerful questions about mindset, about growth, about priorities. Um, and if you, and if you accomplished them, great. And if you didn't, there's questions in there. So, okay, well, what happened? Right? Like, and then you have to be the teacher and you have to be the student at the same time going through the process, which is very powerful. But the goal here is to get people off of the unstackable planner for them to then be able to use whatever tools they're most comfortable with right now with technology, we have iCalendar, we have Outlook and we have all these other programs that we can tap into, but you got to go through the process of thinking and planning and taking action and asking yourself questions like, okay, you know, if you had a roadblock um, in some particular area of your plan, well, you know, questions like what, is there somebody that you can role model after, right? Is there somebody that you know that already or already right now is achieving success in that thing that you want that you can just basically learn from? Um, who are some people that can bring some incredible resources to the table at this point in time, right? So you, you start thinking about a lot of these things that really make the difference um, when you're dealing with major adversity in your life. And then if you can bring in those people or if you can, you know, read that book or you can take that course or you can, you know, uh, tap the shoulder of that role model and they give you the answer and then you just basically flex your style and you keep going and you keep pushing forward, then you're going to get to where you want to get to. And the problem is a lot of the times we get stuck, right? We get hit with a little bit of adversity. We, we get a little, some resistance. We, we maybe fail at something and then we, it's too painful and we give up and we're just that much. We're just this close to, to really making it happen, but you were just not able to really think about becoming resourceful and creative during those times. So that's the whole concept is to get people off of the planner. You know, and, and there's a couple of reasons for that, right? Like, number one, I, I really, truly believe that we need to come together as a community. And when I say community as a world to really, truly improve, you know, the planet to keep the planet, you know, clean and green. And um, obviously, global warming is a real thing. I mean, based on everything that I've that I've read and that I've researched and some people don't believe in it, but I do. And, you know, I want to try to print less books. I want to go more into the digital fashion. Right. But for this particular program, the best the best, in my opinion, uh, was a printed book, which everything is also stainless steel. We use vegan leather and we use recycled paper and everything like that on, on the planners. But still, you know, my goal is to get people off of this. Hopefully they can leverage technology to still have the habits to move forward and, and do it in a way where we could be a little bit greener. But um, so that's a concept, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think as well, you know, we're all in this together, aren't we? And I think, you know, we can all do our bit, you know, and be mindful of, you know, what, what we're doing and i think you know that's kind of the way things are going now isn't it more people are more mindful about you know the planet and how that you know their actions and um i was thinking like in, in like the work that you do it must be pretty rewarding you know seeing people shift and develop and grow in like business and you know their lives through working with you as well yeah i mean for me right uh when i take a look at my life my life was a mess. It really was a mess until I started gaining clarity as to my existence, right? And that's how I basically build these teams. I mean, I've been blessed with having been through everything that I've been through in my life because I can relate to so many people. And when I have somebody who we bring on as a new team member in our sales operation, and we go through the interview selection process, what I'm looking for is the desire. It's great for people to have maybe the expertise on paper, right, on a resume and have experience. But if they don't have that burning desire, if they don't have that clarity as to why they want to be a rock star performer in our team, um, and then what does that mean for them and their families and the people that they love, then that's tough, right? Because if you have, if you, it's kind of like the whole thing of talent. And I say this, I say this a lot. I don't think I was very talented when, when my dad was teaching me how to play uh, the piano, right? Um, I just put in a ton of hours of practice, a ton. And, you know, I kind of developed some talent along the way. My dad was brilliant. My dad was a born, <laughs> talented, musical genius. I mean, the guy had an ear where he could just boom, right? I didn't have that. But I but I worked really, really hard because he made me, right? I, I actually hated playing the piano, but, you know, he made me play the piano so much that I got really, really good at it. And I would I would crush the competition. I mean, every time we would compete, I would win first place against kids that were brilliant, right? 
but I just put in, I just put in a lot more work. And I remember one year I won first place in a competition and I ended up getting a grant into the Miami school of art, uh, which was, that was the first time ever that I actually enjoyed playing instruments because I became something. Um, I became a part of something bigger than just myself and my dad, right? Like there was so many other kids there. There was so many different instruments. The teacher knew how to, you know, teach and everything like that. And that was right, right along the time where unfortunately then my father passed away and I had to leave, you know, stop doing that and go to Puerto mm -hmm. Rico. But that was one of the first lessons for me that, which was that sense of community, right here, here I was growing up with my dad for many, many years suffering to learn this piano and um, not feeling good enough and everything like that. And then all of a sudden you become part of this community of other children that are very talented um, you have somebody that understands the dynamics of how to teach. You are exposed to many different resources. And for that, in, in that particular time, for me, it was all these different instruments. And then you start to collaborate, right? And you, and you learn and you start to, to take your, 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 your passion for whatever you have to the next level, right? Um, and again, then talking about that person that I bring in that has that desire, right? Talent is great, but hard work beats talent almost 100% of the time. You know, now if you have talent and you put in the work, then then you're a lethal weapon, right? Then then you're untouchable. Um, mm -hmm. But that's basically how I build these teams. Is is you when I go into an environment where there's a team already there, I get to know them individually first before we talk about anything else. I do one on ones with everybody, and I give them a little bit of my backstory. I let them know what my intentions are within the organization. I let them know that I'm basically here for them right? That I'm here to provide them service. I'm here to provide them value because in leadership, I think leadership needs to be focused on bringing as much value as they can to the individual and to the organizations. They need to get out, out of the way so that they can use their talents and the resources to take their performance and their careers and their desire for being there to the next level. And um, it's been a blessing, right? Like I, I really truly believe that everything that I've been through really has allowed me to penetrate a lot of the mindsets and a lot of the, the souls for so many people. And then they feel good, right? They feel good coming mm -hmm. to work. They feel good being part of that team. I help people understand how they're, they're, they're a part of something bigger than themselves. How when they do their job to the fullest of their ability, there's this chain reaction that takes place, right? And now there's other people that get involved because they were able to influence a transaction that's good for the customer that now becomes good for the organization because now because they got that sale or that transaction, now there's other employees that now engage, right? Which is on the customer service side, on the sales operations side, on the HR side. Like there's all these people that now have to take that transaction and do something with it, right? So because of their ability to show up at 100%, all these other people now are employed in the process, right? So now they come to work with a sense of ownership, with a sense of passion, with a sense of caring, because they know that their impact is bigger than just that one little transaction, you know? So we do, we do a lot of that type of stuff. And then we also go and take a deep dive into the why behind each person, like you, for example, Adam, right? Like if I started asking you questions like, you know, well, what, what's your, what's your passion? What's your purpose for, for doing this? You know, what is it that you really want to contribute? And, and then we have a great deep dialogue and how this could potentially open up opportunities for you, for your future family, for whatever. And now you have that emotional connection to your why. I mean, the sky's the limit, mm -hmm. right? You'll, you'll, mm. you'll take this thing to the next. You'll work harder. You'll work longer. You'll get better at bringing in the right people into the podcast that might have a bigger reach, a bigger audience. And that, that in itself will just start to open up opportunities because it's not easy, especially in a sales environment. You know, we, most of the companies that I do work for, they, they're publicly traded companies and, you know, they want more and more and more and more each year. You know, it's not good enough to hit 110% of the budget this year, right? Next year, they want you to do 115% of this year's performance, right? And so on and so forth. So that growth is expected. So you have to know exactly where you are, what your why is. And then mm. if you can get to that place, then putting in the work, fine tuning your skills, right? Improving mm. your presentation or improving your mindset just becomes second nature. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think they're really great points you mentioned, and I think like you said, like you said, that having companies as how you manage people get to know them on a one to one and find out what their why is and who they are and what they want. Because I think a lot of companies don't do that and they just hire people, don't get to know them, and I think it makes a massive difference. As you said, you feel more valued if like you know somebody values you. And it's all these kind of cogs that kind of interconnect, isn't it? And come together. 
and all have a knock-on domino effects in the business and the employees. And it's like, if customers go somewhere, just based on how an employee is, if they're not happy or if they're negative, it could turn off that customer going back to that place, telling somebody who then tells somebody and it creates a bad image just based on that, you know, that, that one person, isn't it? It's that, it's that fine line. So I think like, like you said, it's really important to have that, that good way of having a business and working with people. And yeah, like you said, it, it's that why, isn't it? You know, finding out what your why is and that deeper reason and tapping into that because like you said, it's going to open up a whole other narrative. Yeah. You know, I, I have a philosophy that, that if you're in business, you have two types of customers, you have internal customers, which are your employees and you have your external customers, which are your purchasing customers, right? They're the ones buying your products and your services. And you got to start with your internal customers first. And the reason for that, you said it best. They're the face. They are the ambassador, either the brand ambassador um, of the organization or the complete opposite, right? They're the brand destroyer. And you have to make sure that number one, that you're hiring the right people. Number two, that you have engagement within those people. And then mm-hmm. number three, that um, you're taking care of that internal customer, that they feel valued, that they feel like they are there for a very specific reason. They have to feel like they have the autonomy to think, like they have the autonomy to be able to make decisions, right? Um, and that they have the autonomy of being able to make an impact. So if you give, you empower your internal customers, your employees, with those tools. Number one is I want you to leverage your resources. I want you to leverage your, it's, I mean, I've worked for, I've worked for, for bosses before, right? Where <clears throat> they got bad ideas. They have really bad ideas. And um, they, you, you come up with, you, you try to give some examples or you try to come up with, with some creative ideas that you know will work, but they don't want to listen to them. So then it, it, it's only a matter of time before that employee now becomes unengaged. Right. Okay. My opinion doesn't matter. You know, I'm really not heard. Um, You know, I'm not Mm. valued. Right. So then what happens is the whole organization starts to chip away because if that person feels that way, that person internally is going to start talking to other employees that, Mm. that, that might buy into that same BS. Right. Mm. Um, So it's very important that we have that, that we practice. And I, I do this all the time. It needs to be nameless and rankless. Just because I'm the head of the organization doesn't mean that I need to be the head of the organization, right? All the time. It, it, what it means is you need to be of service. A leader today needs to be of service. You need to be able to understand the talents and the resources of each individual player and then put them in an environment where they can tap into those resources and to those talents so that they can feel, again, like they're valued, like they're understood, like they have a voice, like their opinion counts, like they can make decisions, right? And I tell my people this all the time. I said, look, I want you to make a decision. Whether it's good or bad, I want you to make it because we're going to learn either way. If it's a bad decision, we're going to learn from it and we're going to learn not to repeat it. And if it's a great decision, we're going to learn from it and then we're going to keep doing more of it. So I want you to go out there. I don't want people asking me 24-7. And, and that happens a lot, right? The first when, it, when I first get into an organization, I have people asking me all kinds of silly questions all the time. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's a great question. I says, well, from this point forward, I want you to just go ahead and, and make something happen. Go ahead and make a decision. And then mm. let's talk about it. I said, listen, you're an adult, you're a professional, you were hired for a very specific reason. And sometimes we forget how valuable we really are as individual contributors to the team, right? So mm. just do it, do whatever you think you got to do. Yes, cool. Let's have a dialogue. If you, ha- if you really think we need to discuss it or whatever, no problem. If you need some direction, got it, let's do it. I said, but go out there and make it happen. You'd be amazed. Once you empower people, you would be amazed how they can really just lift up an organization. I mean, the efficiencies that that these teams that I'm working with right now are, are producing in the middle of a pandemic is ridiculous. I mean, it's twice the budgeted efficiencies, right? But it's a, per, it's a perfect storm. We got the best possible players with people that are showing up that are the best possible clients because they're showing up right now because they're not concerned about COVID. They're traveling anyway. Right. And they got the money. They haven't been impacted financially. Right. So it's like this perfect storm. But that wouldn't have happened had the players themselves. Right. Not been juiced and passionate about what they do. And if they really didn't understand the impact of what they do, because a lot of times we operate from our own pocket or our own fears. And then we deliver that through communication to other people. And that bit makes them fearful. Right. So mm-hmm. it's always coming from a place of strength and power. And then one other thing that you mentioned, which is which is instrumental, is that 
back in the day, 15, 20 years ago, you could take advantage of a customer, right? You could, you could lie, you could cheat, you could steal, right? And no, very, very little people would know about it. That person, yeah, through word of mouth might, might've been able to talk to one or two other people or whatever. But nowadays, because of social media, there's no secrets. So either you step up as the leader or as in an organization, right? Um, and you do things the right way all the time. And you always try to pivot and reinvent yourself to constantly bring more value. And then that will help you survive. Or if you don't, then you'll, you'll be destroyed within a short period of time because with social media, one person can, can touch hundreds of thousands of people. And mm. now we have to step up our game more than ever. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think like, it's quite a powerful tool, social media, isn't it? And it's if you're working for a company, you you have to be so careful what you what you post because you know you're representing that company, that boss, that person. And I think, like you said, with with the companies at the minute, and working effectively with your employees and the customer, it's so key right now. And as you said, like a lot of people operate, I think, from fear, and they they that can spread to other people. And like you said, if someone's negative in a workplace, they can then be in that mindset and that place and then spread it onto someone else. And that person might be liking the job one minute and then they go, oh, actually, they have a point. And then it just spirals. And I, I definitely experienced that in a place that I worked in, in a hotel one time. And we had staff coming and going, there were management coming and going, there were the head chef was good. You know, we, you didn't know whether to build up a relationship with somebody because they might be gone next week and you're trying to manage your morale in that space. And then the customers, you know, who might be local stop coming in because they don't want to go in, into a negative environment or people, people pick up on that. People pick up on, you know, the energy, don't they? If they, if they go somewhere and how kind of things are coming coming across. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's what it boils down to, right? We forget that we have, a mind, right? That is millions of years old, right? From the beginning of time, we have this thing that basically keeps us going, keeps us alive. Whenever we are dealt with something that's dangerous, right? We have these chemicals that are injected into our body to let us know, you know, you got to heighten your senses here because you're in danger, right? So we have this beautiful, incredible millionaire mind, right? That, um, will give you the intuition when you're around somebody who has got good intentions through body language or through pure energy. We, if you're, if you're in tune to it, you'll feel it. It's kind of like when you're in a room and somebody walks into a room and lights up the whole room and it's got this smile and it's got this presence about them that you're just like, man, I got to go meet this person. Right. And you got yeah. that feeling like, okay, this, this is, this is an invitation to connect, right. Without you even knowing the person, then you have the opposite. Somebody walks into the room and you get the, you get the, like the heebie-jeebies, like, like what, is, what is happening here? Right. Like we sense that. So, you know, once we become super clear to me, it's, it's all about clarity. And I went through many years, man, where I was distracted. I was all over the place. I wasn't focused. I didn't know what I wanted and my life was chaotic. Right. It was chaotic. It was a life of being reactive. I was like a firefighter, just putting out fires along the way each day, each week, each month. And, and, and it lasted years. Right. But it was when I was able to get crystal clear on my purpose. You know, here's where I am. Here's what really juices me. Here's what I really think I need to, to focus on. And then you start to have conversations along the lines of your purpose and your why and engagements and interactions. And then your thinking goes, and then that's when you start to really see progress of fulfillment. I mean, I've dealt with people, I'm, I'm dealing with one person right now, specifically, who is a, I mean, multi, multi-millionaire, got all the money in the world, can get, can do and get whatever he wants like that, but completely unfulfilled, right? Not juice for life, uh, miserable as a matter of fact, um, going through a major midlife crisis. And, you know, a lot of the the responses that I get when we when now we're kind of starting this dialogue, right. Is that he's always attached fulfillment to money mm-hmm. since he was a small kid. Right. He grew up in, in a, in a family of entrepreneurs. Right. So for them, it was, you know, your, your, your worth 
and your value as a human being is only as good as how many dollars you have in the bank, right? Um, and this this guy has all the toys. He's got the mansions. He's got the, mm-hmm. the exotic cars. He's got the big boats. He's got it all, right? It's completely unfulfilled. So now we're doing some work around, well, what is it really that juices you? What is it that, that really, you know, um, would inspire you to wake up each day with this burning desire. And he realized that for him, it's, it's really all about contribution. Right. And this, this person mm-hmm. does a lot of work with real estate and things like that. And um, he works with a lot of developers. So now he's going to start uh, a foundation where they're going to put together like a tutor program, a free tutor program for underprivileged families that have children that are struggling in school. And he's going to come up with an app and, you know, some, some of his own money to be able to, showcase and, and bring impact into the world and he's excited mm-hmm. about that like that's his mm-hmm. new thing right so now he's you know what he everything he talks about is that and how is he going to take that to mm-hmm. the next level and all this other stuff so it's cool to see kind of like the candle was turned off for such a long time and now it's got that you know a little bit of a flame to it and it's you know starting to do something right so that's that's yeah. what really juices me and that's what we have to be careful of mm-hmm. yeah no i think that's a really great point i think it's you know amazing as well how you know help that person as well try and maneuver their life from one place to another by, you know, looking at what gets them out of bed in the morning. And I think, as you said, a lot of people don't really know what makes them happy or they don't really know what they want for their kind of like success or they have them kind of, kind of clouded around and people, as you said, sometimes have lots of money, but they're not happy and they're unfulfilled just based. And that can be based on, like you said, their parents saying, you know, this is what you need to do. And then just just going on that course of doing, you know, following that blueprint almost, going along and then reaching a point like, oh, this this isn't it. And I think it's it's definitely important, as you said, to to try and figure out what that is, because I think like so many people, there are a lot of people out there who do know what you know what makes them happy and what things like that. But there's a lot of people out there who don't, and they're doing things and they're unsatisfied, and I mean, people people can change if they have you know families and things like that. But I think, do you think it, it's uh, it's more difficult for people to sometimes change if if you know if they've got time constraints? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest problem, right, is that um, depending on how old we are, right, mm. there are things along the way that now are buried by other people's expectations of our life. Right. Yeah. So there might have been something that you were super passionate about way back when, but you know, you may have had people that you love that you've trusted to tell you, no, you know what, that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to make any money at that, or you know that that uh, why are you wasting your time doing this, or why are you wasting your time doing that? You should do this instead. You should do that instead. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe what happens is that for a little bit of time we may have tried to pursue our little passion, but then we dealt with some adversity or we dealt with some challenges, and then we immediately go back to, you know what, my uncle said I shouldn't and he was right or whatever, right? So mm. we don't give ourselves enough time um, or we don't leverage our resources to be able to really tap into our full potential to try to see that thing through. Mm. Um, and then right now, I think, I think this is probably one of the best times in the existence of humanity as, as we know it for us to rethink where we are and what we really want. And here's what I mean by that. I think that COVID... Um, has been obviously really bad mm. for some people because some people has, have lost lost their lives in the process, right? Mm. Uh, and it's and it's bad for some other people in the sense of that they're sitting around right now, they're furloughed, they might be laid off, things of that nature. Um, but the blessing here is that we all just got a little bit extra time, right? Mm, mm, um, mm. We got some time to think. We got some time to to really evaluate our life. Uh, mm-hmm. There was something by the Gallup organization that I read a long time ago that really changed my perspective on leadership. And one of the things that they said after interviewing, I don't know how many companies worldwide, is that the 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 amount of employees that are unengaged within an organization is something like in the 65 to 75% range, right? So just think about that for a second. So if you have a, a staff, if you have 100 people working for you, you automatically got to think to yourself, if that's true, if what the Gallup organization says is true, then... 65 to 75% of my employees here right now are unengaged. They're just showing up for a paycheck. They're not really coming to do a little bit extra. They're not really coming to make a difference. They don't really take ownership in the company and the brand and customers, right? They're not really taking full ownership. So you got 
25 to 30 people, let's say, that are the ones showing up every day that are engaged. And here's the sad part. A lot of the times, the people that are most engaged are the people at the top, are the mm -hmm. leaders themselves, right? Because they, they got to a place where now because I have a title, now they can be complacent and they don't have to you know, focus as much on the people or whatever. And that's, that's scary, right? So mm. if you think about it a lot, there's a lot of people here right now that, that might be unemployed or that might be furloughed that actually hated their job, mm. right? That, that, oh my gosh, money can come around. Oh, I got to go to work. But then all of a sudden emotions kick in because they got laid off and like, oh my gosh, I'm without a job, whatever, whatever. But let's take a moment to ask ourselves, but were you really, truly happy? Mm. Were you really truly fulfilled in what you were doing, right? And if the answer is yes, awesome. Then let's go find your, you know, go find another job doing exactly what you were doing. But if the answer was no, but I really wasn't happy, then you're just you're just afraid now because you just don't have that line of income. So now's the time to re reinvent ourselves. So mm -hmm. what is it? You know, what is the organization that you really truly think that you want? To, what are the core values? You know, what are, what is a product? What are the what are the processes like? You know, what does leadership look like for you? What type mm -hmm. of leadership would you want to be with that you like? You know, this is the best boss in the world, right? And then when you go do an interview, you're interviewing them as well. And I think that's the key thing is that we need to remind remind ourselves that when we go to an interview, it's not them. It's not just for them to interview us. It's for us to interview them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love it when I have people that interview and they start asking me questions about ethics and integrity. You know, yeah. about my vision for leadership, right? About how I treat people. You know, what is our culture like? What is an organization like? How, what is the customer service, you know, uh, surveys like? Like in terms of, you know, are they happy, not happy, whatever. I love people that try to find the right fit because they know who they are and they just want to make sure that they're getting into the right organization where they can be their best. So I think yeah. that was a beautiful time for us to rethink everything. Relationships, friendships, career, mm -hmm. opportunities. Now's the time. There's no better time than now with technology for, look at this. I mean, this is pretty much a free thing. You're in the UK. Mm. We connected via LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Um, obviously there's a time difference, but this is all free. This is not costing us a penny and we're connecting and we're talking, right? Mm. And who knows where this could lead in the future. So now's the time to really get out of our comfort zone, to get crystal clear on what we really want, develop a plan of action that we really think will work for us. And then mm. surround ourselves around the right resources to help us get there, you know. So mm. it's a it's a very powerful question that you that you just presented. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it, and I, I really appreciate you know you uh, what you just said, and I and I completely agree. And I think people need to you know like ask themselves what is it that they, you know are they happy doing, and I I definitely did that because when when the lockdown is a little bit, we you know open things up in the UK not too long ago. And I went back into hotel jobs and I was like, you know, do I, do I want to be doing this? You know, I, I enjoy socializing and working with people, but I, I knew that I wanted to focus on something different and you know, that's okay. But I had to ask myself those questions and said, because I thought of it, if I'm not happy, then I'm going to have an effect on the people I'm with, on the customer, on the management and, and everything else. And that isn't fair. And, but, you know, I, I had to ultimately kind of introspect and ask myself those questions and pick up on that. But I, I think, yeah, as you mentioned, it, it's so important. And this, this time right now is, you know, probably one of the best opportunities. I mean, I, I don't know how, for how long, but to, to network, get things done and, and rethink, you know, what it is that you want in your life. And I think we see things a lot more clearer, uh, you know, and you mentioned, you know, relationships, and friendships and you know like last year and now has been one of probably one of the best opportunities for me because I've, I've put in the work and I've networked to people done a podcast and discovered my tribe of people and the people that I I want to you know be have as role models and to network with because for a long time up until recently I, I didn't know where my tribe was you know I had an idea um and like you said, we, you know, we're doing this, you know, via, via uh, video and, you know, the opportunities are out there. You know, if, if I hadn't have asked you to, to do this, it wouldn't have happened. And, you know, unless you, probably, you know what I mean? You've got to ask to receive. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny, right? Because I've had, um, I, I've reached out to a few people with, with the, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've, I've reached out to a couple of people um, on LinkedIn that came to me and asked me if I would host them on my show, 
right? And I immediately, yeah, absolutely, you know, because one of the game plans that I have is to, to try to expose as many people as I can to my, like you said, my tribe. And then the next question is, well, how big is your podcast? Right? And I'm like, okay, so why are you asking the question? Are you asking because, you know, if it's a small podcast, you have no desire to invest some time into, you You came to me, you're asking me to host you, right? <laughs> and then you're asking me questions like, well, how big is your podcast, right? So, and, and I always ask the question just because, are you are you wanting to impact the lives of thousands of people or, or are you okay impacting the lives of that one or two or two people that might need to hear the message, right? So I think that a lot of the times we forget simple questions. For example, um, I had a gentleman that reached out to me on LinkedIn and he's like, man, you know, I love what you're doing with the podcast. He's like, I've been thinking about doing this podcast forever, you know, he's starting his own podcast. Um, and I said, well, why haven't you gotten started? Just that simple question. And he's like, well, it's a good question. He's like, I don't know. And I think that's just it, right? There's a lot of people out there that really want, like they want outstanding relationships. They want wealth. They want uh, to feel famous or they want to do this or do that. But then they don't take action. It's just crazy, right? Like they just think about it all the time and decades sometimes will pass. And my dad taught me something a long time ago. Um, and he said, Manny, you know what? Just remember that when life gets really difficult, there's millions of people that are buried underneath the ground that would love to have your stress, your finances, your sickness, your your one extra chance to be able to be above the ground breathing, to be able to, to just live, right? Um, and with that, there was something else that I read a long time ago. It says, you know, some of the greatest inventions of all time are buried six feet in the ground. That never, that the people that thought of them never did anything about them, right? And it's just, now it's just about taking action. Now's a good time for us to reflect and ask ourselves a very basic question. Are we fulfilled with our life? If we are great, do more of it. If we're not, then what are we willing to give up in order to get there? You got to give something up. You either have to give up time or you're going to have to give up money or you're going to have to give up, you know, your, your lifestyle, you know, for a while until you can build whatever it is that you want to build. But now's the best time. Now's the best time to pivot. Now's the best time to really think about where we want to take our life and then just pour ourselves into it because we have one life to live on this planet. You know, whether you believe in reincarnation or religions or whatever the thing might be, but you have one right now, right? This one life, you know, so what are we willing to do with this one life right now to really, you know, make something beautiful happen? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's so cute. You mentioned and that like a lot of the people who would like to be here right now, you know, to, to have, to fulfill their dreams out, like you said, you know, or, you know, beneath the ground. And it, it makes you realize, you know, that, you know, you have your life and you need to live it. And, you know, now is an opportunity to pivot and get, you know, put in the work and it's not going to come to you just on its own, is it? You have to put in that work to put in some necessary steps for that, you know, those ripples to uh, take effect. And I think, like you said, a lot of people, you know, with podcasts and people sometimes reach out to me or I've reached out to people and they'll say, oh, we, we don't accept anyone on unless they've got 100,000 followers or something like that, you know, or they don't take on guests, certain guests that don't have a certain following. And I, I, I everyone's different, but I, I don't think I need that. I don't do things for likes or for followers or anything like that. Or, you know, like you said, it's just about that one person. If you can put out content and help one person, you still helped somebody. You know, it was there was one person, his name was Francisco, that helped me when I was about 15 years old, when I was at the darkest time of my life. Um, things, you know, got difficult mm. along the way still. But that person made such a massive it was one on one. Right. That one person impacted me. I wouldn't be here today had it not been for some of the things that he planted in my mindset that later grew into something. Right. Mm. Um, and and you're right. You know, to me, it's like. Hey, Adam reached out. Cool. Hey, I would like to have you on the show. Awesome. You know, um, whatever I can contribute. And if it's one person that I can touch, great. If I can touch 10,000 or 100,000, great. Even better, right? But I'm, I'm after mm -hmm. that one contribution, just like it happened to me. And mm -hmm. that it's happened to me many times to be able to take somebody's life to the next level. Mm -hmm. uh, and and one, one word of caution that I would give to whoever's listening out there, right? 
it's very easy to get stuck right now in analysis paralysis. And the reason that I say that is because there's so much information out there, right? There's so much. You have all these gurus pulling in a million different directions, right? You got Gary Vee, you got Grant Cardone, you got Tony Robbins, you got Dean Graziosi, you got all these people with all these, you know, great ideas and things like that. You got to pick, you got to pick a path. You know, I mean, otherwise you'll spend your whole life listening to podcasts and you won't ever do anything with your life. You got to, you got to pick a path. You just got to start taking action and then try to use whatever it is that you're listening to as a resource that will take you down that journey of what it is that you say that you want to do, because it, it happens. Oh, it ha it's happened to me. It's happened to the best of us. You know, we get stuck mm -hmm. again, so much information. I want to do this. I want to do internet marketing. I want to go here. I want to go that. And then you just, you're getting pulled in a million different directions again. And now with all these uh, social media platforms, which some of them are great, um, especially you use them for what, you know, what you're like this, like, this is a great connection. Like we're connecting, we're doing something we, we got this little podcast thing going on. There's millions yeah. of people that use the same platform and all they do is just follow other people and don't do anything with their life. They're just following. Yeah. And that's not the goal, right? The goal is find that gold, that golden nugget of inspiration um, find that resource, um, get crystal clear on what you want, and then just start taking action. And then along mm -hmm. the way, you'll, you'll be able to do some of this stuff or whatever it is that you want to do to really impact the lives of other people. Yeah. So get crystal clear on what you want and don't get distracted. That's going to be my motto. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's really key advice. And I, and I think that's, that's great. And I think like, for me, like I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan and some of the things that he was saying, kind of, you know, him and, oops, him and Gary V between what they both said was like Joe Rogan was talking about when he first started his podcast and he said he only had however many listeners to begin with and he said it's not about how many, it's about, you know, who it is and that, you know, stuck in my head and I was like, okay, and then, you know, Gary V, so like between those two people and like you said, there's all these different paths and like you, it takes up all that time and you could, like you said, be trying these different paths but not making any kind of progress because you're, Try, you know, trying to spin around in a thousand directions. And I think, like you said, you've got to put that focus into, you know, a selected few or like, or like one, you know, what, what that works. And that, that, that's something that I'm learning, you know, like with tasks that I need to do in the day, all these different things. I've got like post-it notes around my computer screen and, and I'm like trying, trying to like, you know, pinpoint time into each one. And, um, but yeah, it, it's a process, isn't it? You've just got to, sometimes figure that out and do what works are you are you okay for time i know we have 10 minutes over yeah i have about 10 more minutes and then i gotta run okay out. cool um like would you say uh any favorite books that you've read uh so i read a lot of books um whether i read them read them or rather you know if i'm listening to them because there's yeah. a lot of downtime in the car um but there's a uh, a couple couple books that i always go back to that were game changers for me the first one is thinking grow rich by napoleon hill i think there's um, some incredible mindset theories there and, and things that just um, are all very, very value centric. So I would highly recommend that. Um, the four hour work week was a, was an eye opener for me uh, by Tim Ferriss. Um, and I read that at a time where I was just uh, burning the candle on both ends and I was just working a bazillion hours and I had poured myself into work because I'd, I'd gone through a, a divorce. Mm -hmm. So I figured, you know what, work is the one thing I can really truly control that makes me happy. So let me just pour myself into this. And then I realized, wait a second, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> working a lot, but again, I'm not, I'm not really ecstatic and fulfilled. So um, that to me was all about basically leveraging your resources, right? Outsourcing, um, and, and taking mini retirements along the way, right? The new, the new rich concept. So that was a game changer. And then one that I read the other day, which was, I thought really interesting was Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, yeah, I've got that boy. It's, really... it's a great book, right? And um, it's interesting, right? Where there's things that we can do that leverage our success or leverage our chances for, for winning, right? Um, and you'll have to read the book to, to get the insights, but basically, you know, community is a huge one, right? So being able to tap into your community, people that have access and resources to the things that you need in order to get your life to the next level really make a big difference. I was talking about, for example, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates back in the day. Uh, mm -hmm. They were part of a community where they had access to computers where nobody had access to computers, right? So by the time they were 15, 16, 17 years old, they had more computer time than some of the best people, engineers, 
So their creative thinking was just at a whole nother level because I had so many years of practicing with a computer in a time where nobody had access to computer, right? So a little bit is luck. A lot of it, I think, is community, is being able to, to know who has the answers um, that you're seeking out of whatever it is that you, that you have in your life. And then tapping into those resources is really going to make the biggest difference. So those are the kind of like the top two and then outliers, which I just read, which is which I thought was fantastic. Hmm. No, that's awesome. And I think, you know, it's so important to read and to take, you know, information from books and uh, you can learn so much, you know, from books and, and, and you know, being able to apply it to your life. And, I, you know, I appreciate you sharing those books as well. And um, to like kind of like round up as well, I, I thought like, do you have any kind of role models or mentors, you know, now or growing up, whether that's like professionally or personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have. So there was a, a time in my life where role models were huge, right? And and role models for me um, have always been somebody that's really close into the environment that I'm in that can help me get to the next level, right? So I, I have many role models along the way that I've, you know, just basically mm. stuck with and learned from them and everything like that. Um, you know, my my dad, although my upbringing was was really difficult, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's not here anymore on this planet. Um, He's somebody that I try to model after, but on the good stuff, right? Like mm. the guy was, uh, he was very big on attention to detail. Um, he was a super hard worker. Um, and he really just wanted to bring out the best in people. He didn't know how to do mm. it. So mm. he did it in a way that was a bit toxic, but he just really wanted to explore having people maximize their fullest potential, right? So hmm. I use a lot of that with the people that I work with now. Obviously, I have a different approach, right? Um, yeah. to do it in a way that builds people up in the process instead of tearing them down. But, you know, he would be probably one of those people that I learned a lot from. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's important to have, you know, role models or a mentor that, you know, we can, we can draw from and, uh, you know, uh, uh, help others through that as well and like where can people find you on like social media and uh, website yeah, the, the, the best place the best place is unslackable.com um mm. and if you go to my linkedin profile you know manny garcia on linkedin just look for unslackable or just google unslackable and you'll you'll be able to find me that way yeah that's awesome and like where can people find your planner as well is it on amazon and that kind of thing yeah so so right now i did a very very tiny soft launch i haven't launched this thing yet um yeah, I've sure. launched it with friends and family uh, they can get it on the uh, website on slackable.com it's only available in the united states right now um i've had a couple people that are okay paying the uh you know the shipping to to go to europe and things of that nature if you guys are interested in that just you know dm me and we'll work something out but yeah, yeah. a fantastic tool. I'm thinking uh, so within the next four to five months, I'm going to come up with a digital version of it, like we talked about earlier. Mm. Um, so that'll be accessible for anybody, you know, anywhere in the world. They'll be able. To, it'll be in an app yeah. format too, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. It'll be great with some other stuff. So, no, that's awesome, and I'll definitely promote that for you if you need it to be promoted or put out there, and I'll definitely share it. And I think. Thank you. No problem, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, great yeah. talking to you. And if there's anything else I can do for you, just let me know. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. I really appreciate it, Manny. And um, it, was, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Really, really means Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. Look forward to doing it again. Yeah, no, you too. You See take you care. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Cheers, man. Cheers. Hi, I just thought I'd uh, make this announcement that I'm looking for someone to sponsor my podcast. If you would like to sponsor my podcast, um, please email me at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com. And I'm also looking for, you know, people who want to advertise their content on my podcast as well also. Um, you know, we can talk more about it on a Zoom call or, you know, like a WhatsApp call or something. Um, you know, it's the kind of um, deeper side of like, you know, how much it's going to cost and this kind of thing. But I'm looking for people, you know, who have a business or a product or a website or, you know, something that they kind of want to promote. I'm happy to promote that on my podcast and I will do a pre-roll, mid-roll, end-roll. So I'll, you know, talk about what your product is and where people can find it, how much it is and, you know, deals and this kind of thing. So if you have a product or know anyone that has a product that they, you know, want to put out there and they want to gain more traction 
please, please, please email me at thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. Um, even if it's an app, you know, you have an app that people are creating, um, a website, a pod, you know, or, or another podcast, uh, please get in touch and let me know and I'll be happy to uh, look into it and promote it on my show. But uh, yeah, you know where to find me at thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Hi, I'd like to say a massive thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope that you was able to take some positive value away from this episode. I'm also on YouTube at The Positivity Podcast. If you would like, share and comment or subscribe, it would really help my channel to grow. I'm also a certified and accredited life coach that helps people to live a more fulfilling life and to achieve their goals. Any questions, any feedback for my podcast, you can email me at thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. And any inquiries for life coaching, goal setting or mentoring, please email me also at the same email address, thepositivepodcast at gmail.com. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes. Take care.